0: what's going on everybody it's your boy blessed to the left of me i got my co-host with the most and you are locked into the moment of truth podcast this week i have a very special guest a long time friend a fixture in the scene an og an og you are definitely an og at this point my brother yes i agree a young og a young og founder of empire skate shops yep multiple other ventures that we're going to get into yeah the big homie phil grise welcome, pleased, brother, to be welcome. Here. pleased to be here Thanks thank for you the for invite. coming so let's jump into it i met this gentleman 2001 maybe 2002 2002 2002. 2002. I Actually, you're fresh on my mind because I found, uh, looking through some old boxes, a flyer for an in-store we did. Why don't you tell the people, this is the first day we met, this is how we met. So
1: basically, a close friend of mine, we had opened my first store called Empire on the South Shore of Montreal. And, uh, you know, I I was a big Gangstar fan and obviously you were clicked up with Guru back then. Mm -hmm. And... um, I got an opportunity to you know try to get him in for for an autograph signing in store and uh, I don't really know about you back then I'd seen you go around with a few pictures of you really young hanging with these these American cats so I was like alright cool bless gonna be in town so you know a few days later the event happens I meet you with guru and from there it just it just
0: you know worked absolutely we instantly clicked and uh, i was really impressed with his shop and they they had a great turnout and it was this was way out in 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 the suburbs this was like even like julie there you go so this is deep this (laughs) is real this is the south south bronx this is south shore shore. it's
1: like you know, fifteen twenty minutes away from the city, but it's the it is, furthest uh, I had ever went. Yeah, no doubt, out of the no core. doubt, no doubt.
0: And uh, he had a dope ass spot. They had a a, a DJ playing yeah, that day, yeah. and the kids loved it. We, uh, we
1: used to sell records back then, so basically the store was a skateboard and snowboard store because that's you know where I'm from, and those are the things I really liked. But I got into DJ maybe. Phew, you know, early to mid-90s when A-Track was popping. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole DJ craze mm-hmm. came about, and I got into that. So when I opened the store, we had uh, a section where we'd sell hip-hop and R&B vinyls. Oh,
0: okay, so, so you had a, a vinyl spot. Yeah, we had a vinyl oh, spot. Oh, I completely, forget. Yeah. I completely yeah, yeah. forgot that part of it. So yeah, that was dope. We did it. Actually, do you remember who it is who uh, who hooked us up? That, that was that, Nick. That Nick, R.I.P. Nick, man. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. P. Nick from Aka. a lot of cats that might have been... Uh, around back then. Nick used to be the rep for academics. Exactly. So I guess that's how you guys knew each other. No, I knew him
1: way back. I started snowboarding with that cat.
0: Oh, see, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So basically when we were kids, maybe 12, 13 years old, Nick was from Brossard uh, and I was from St. Bruno and we'd go to these different skate parks or snow parks and ski hills to ride. So we, you know, we, we got together and it, it clicked and, started hanging and obviously going out together and he was a rep i was in retail so we'd work i'd carry a lot of the lines that he was carrying he'd you yeah. know in all the urban clothing lines he probably touched them all like at one point he'd,
0: he i remember he had pele pele he had academics what what other brands oh man carl Kanai. Uh, <laughs> oh man.
1: wow so like so many, I can't even remember. Like Mark yeah, and I
2: just did a, a serious comeback in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I see all, them all over everything's getting bro, retro. Every,
1: everything that's from the '90s and early 2000s all coming is
2: coming full I just,
0: yeah. I just need to say, like, it, I find it ridiculous when I see these hipster kids wearing Fubu. Like that shit was never <laughs> cool. Like we didn't like Fubu back. Come on, did you ever wear Fubu back I then, bro? No, no. Hell there no. you We're
2: go. a bunch of white guys. You're not. Supposed, it's for us buyers. Oh, no, no, that's I Hold up No, that's not nah. true. I'm wrong on that that's one. That's not true. Okay, please explain. I don't. I
1: I cannot say. So happens, I think I was on Facebook this week and I was checking out Friggy. You must know Friggy. Yeah, of course. So I think Friggy is, I was fucking scrolling through his shit. He's always, you know, a lot of garbage going on on his thing, but he's always got the facts. (laughs) And he posted something in regards to the fact that I think one of the owners or someone important at Fubu says, hey, it's not for us by us, it's something else
0: wow and
1: then obviously fridgy always gets the comments the
0: rumor mill moment. never got cleared up back then like <laughs> yeah tommy exactly. Hilfiger was racist yeah, yeah. uh there was another big one and none of that i don't think any of that was true either i think no. tommy came out and he was like i never said anything like that i'm super happy that like the urban the culture supported yeah. me and like literally he credited like hip-hop with making the brand
1: i read a story about that and he he went, he went, went through some yeah and he went he went through some crazy hot he was in hot water for a while because of that and it really affected his brand but he you know he he literally said it was nothing like that it was, you know that was probably
0: some malicious publicist yeah, yeah. they fired t- or something t- t- you t- know
1: typical typical
0: but um we did wear a lot of, like i wore academics i wore mecca i wore pele pele mm-hmm. but for some reason like fubu to me was whack well it was that rumor right i, I was under the impression that that just wasn't for me like and just the clothes
2: were
1: wore...
0: nice they had fat albert cartoons well, on yeah. the i never sweaters. wore
1: Cross colors either. I don't. Right. To be honest with you, I didn't really. I, you know, academics and LRG when it came out. No one triple five soul Super You know, uh, even the, the early the, Echo the, collection when it was still Echo, graffiti. When it was Mark Echo Sick. graffiti. You know, really Huge. Yeah, I'd still rock that a yeah, fly. If had, that. Exactly. Straight up, the, their early track suits. You know, still today, you yeah. could probably knock them off and put them back out on the market, Hell and they, yeah. they'd be top. You Hell know? yeah. But uh there's a lot of though, like. How can I say the brands I just mentioned were like a crossover between that urban culture mixed in with the skate community, a little street bit of skate flower, uh, flavor street and, and, streetwear. And, and streetwear culture without being super urban. The other brands like the FUBU's, the the, the Pele. Pele we're more on the, the other side this the That was like another specter that I really, you know, I, I, I profited from it because I did sell it because I had a customer base that wanted it, but it wasn't really my thing personally. Right. Makes sense.
2: Um, what about, uh, what was it? Uh, no fear. I, I always had a no fear wallet when I was really young. I'm yeah. talking no like fierce, elementary school. I feel school. like that was not no, no, no. a hey, culture. You, you cannot.
1: Two st- different. St- yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. I
2: just yeah, feel yeah. like you can give me a little bit of insight on no fear because I had some <laughs> to be honest, early dude, stuff.
1: Yeah, no fear was a brand that showed up. Uh, I, I wasn't a, I never sold it. I never carried it. Okay. For me, no fear was, was not so cool. Um, they were very distributed, had a very wide distribution. It was more my, so mainstream. Was very mainstream. And... Uh, they had no direct association to skateboarding, snowboarding, or hip hop hmm. everything I, I, we 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 had in the store had to have a direct or indirect link to those three components because like you know I, there, there's other brands I could have sold you know I only had x amount of square feet to
0: so you to, wanted to, to push those brands that were, important they were involved to the they were important to the yeah, culture yeah. that
1: they were involved that were giving back to the community you know often these brands would show up and they'd say. Hey, you know, here's our line. Check the catalogs, you know, check our samples out. Great, great product, you know, very well made, fair priced, looking good. And our ultimate question, okay, cool. What do you guys do for the community? Who do you sponsor? You know, are you guys doing shows? Uh, Where are your your ad campaigns? And they couldn't really answer any Mm. of that. So obviously... We unfortunately have to say they didn't we check all the carry, boxes. Yeah, we can't care. It's impossible to check all the boxes, but you get a few out of you know. Then you can work with a You're product comfortable at that with point. Them. Is like no. Nah. A lot of brands we had to to shut down. So to come back to No Fear, No Fear is a brand that just didn't didn't pop in our in our uh,
0: in our culture. Makes sense. Uh, what were some of the big early brands that you guys were really championing that you guys were pushing at the store? <laughs>
1: um, I mean because I worked in retail prior to me starting the store with my partners so mm-hmm. obviously uh there there was an earlier phase in my business development that that I carried certain brands and then by the time I we opened our our store you know those brands were no longer as cool so we moved on but i mean uh, you know brands that were trending for us at that point um you know brands like dub drawers uh which were american basically they those were the early brands that had a direct tie into dc clothing Mm. and dc shoes yeah so basically they were the early instigators of that brand gotcha um Mm. and uh, you know obviously all all the all the brands that that now today are ultra mainstream but back then you know barely anyone knew about such as like a brand like volcom you know volcom everyone knows it's very very mainstream yet still very core focused and and what they believe in and what they support nice but uh, at that at the, at that time, you know, there was very little stores. You have to understand that in ninety nine two thousand, the skateboard and snowboard and urban culture wasn't as it wasn't as mainstream slash accepted yeah. as today. Yeah. You know, back in the nineties, you wanted you told your father, "Hey, I want to become a professional skateboarder." He'd he'd want to hit you with a baseball bat and <laughs> "You no want way, to hit son. you with a skateboard? <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> no so way, he
1: skateboard? <laughs> He's like. No, you're going to play hockey uh, right. or you're going to study, you know, and now any parent who has a kid, if the kid is interested by skateboarding or snowboarding, he'll be a lot more open-minded towards letting him develop in those sports yep. because today you can, you can actually make a be, living, make a living. There's you know? an
2: Olympic, uh, categories, right? That yeah, that was sca- around
1: snowboarding has s- been in the Olympics for a while,
2: but around and, the same time, right? Like, like, mid, uh, nineties, uh, mid, yeah, 90s? Early 90s.
1: Uh, uh, mid-, mid- late nineties, uh snowboarding was admitted to the olympics and, I think uh, that was a and in the next few years uh skateboarding is going into the olympics wow
0: i didn't know that yeah. that's dope yeah so that's going to change the game so that's it, it's an interesting segue that's something i wanted to touch uh on kind of the fusing of skate culture and hip-hop culture mm-hmm. um growing up when i was in high school i remember a movie kids mm-hmm. remember the movie mm-hmm. kids of which was a classic um melting of the cultures yep. where you had tracks from the homie jeru the Damaja, and people like that in the mid 90s in new york and for those who aren't familiar kids was this crazy movie i think one of rosario dawson's first big yeah, roles, yeah, i think it was her first role um where it was kind of like a bunch of you know street kids that kind of grew up around the way of New York from all different ethnicities, and what brought them together was skate culture and kind of hip hop mm-hmm. and all the trouble that they got into, exactly. which probably looked a lot like our uh, high school years. Yeah, for sure. Definitely mine. Yeah, um, for sure. Same thing. So, what would you attribute that to? Um, you know, like where did you see those 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 cultures blending? Well, early, of course.
1: Well, since day one. Um you know i started skating in the late 80s and even prior to me starting um the culture was already very directly linked to music so if if you skated you were inevitably uh listening to certain styles of music obviously punk Which rock one? was yeah. very uh, very present you know good good metal yeah. good metal was always uh you know well well appreciated and and hip hop and, and rap music. So, you know, um, skaters were it, through different skateboard movies in which they featured different skaters while well, they'd have soundtracks. And in, mm-hmm. in those movies, you'd have an array of different styles of music, but they always na- you know, it was always all around, you know, hardcore punk hip hop, a bit, a bit of reggae. and. Scott. Well, yeah, Scott, for right? me, so, somewhat in the same, uh, same in style. the same vein, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, obviously, us, man, it was what uh, eighty eight, BC Boys, mm-hmm. Public Enemy, mm-hmm. the Check Your you Head know, days, NWA. Mm-hmm. No, this is way before Check Your Head. This is eighties, uh, Paul's 80s? Boutique. It was no, b- 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 what's uh, the one with the plane on it? Uh, License License to Ill. Yeah. Il,
0: sorry, and then it was Paul's Boutique. After, I think so. Yeah.
1: So, License to Ill changed the game for us, right? Public Enemy uh, album number two, not Yo! Bum Rush. The show uh, takes a nation of a million to hold us yeah, back. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Fear of a Black Planet. Uh, those were extremely influential. Obviously, anything that came from the West Coast pertaining to N.W.A. I, uh,
0: you know, Ice T, Ice Cube, Cypress Hill. So, so, yeah, that was later. That was later. That of was course. later. Uh, rage Against the Machine. Yes. Would you say were <laughs> I Feel like extreme, they were crossing? Yeah, extremely early. influential. But I, I, I wasn't, wasn't your shit. That exactly. Wasn't your shit. I was. I, I,
1: When I started listening to hip hop and rap music, nothing else mattered. Mm -hmm. Like to me, Every single musical instrument could have been burnt. <laughs> Two turntables, microphones. That yeah. was cool, you know. <laughs> well, you know,
0: it's it, it's interesting because what what I always thought was dope about skate culture, and even though I never skated, I used to hang around with a ton of cats who skated, especially when I was coming up in high school. And what I always, I mean, I was always a hardcore hip hop purist, still am to this day. But what I appreciated about skate culture is they kind of always gravitated and supported underground. Yeah, for sure music you know they were into the subculture yeah
1: we're very uh we're we're, you know skateboarding is the subculture maybe less today because it's and now it's in it you know everything is a little bit more mainstream everything that's edgy is extremely mainstream now you understand Mm -hmm. so um back then you know skateboarders were different you know we didn't want to take uh orders from anyone we didn't want to have a coach telling us how to skateboard or how to get better it was that wasn't culture you know it was like figure it out yourself so that music would come and endorse it because the culture behind that music the lyrics the messages were were uh somewhat you know struggle related and to a certain extent you know it's a totally different reality but fuck the police related extremely well with us even though we were white because everywhere we went skateboarding they'd kick us out and give us fines and confiscate our skateboards and we were like yo we're skating here and you know 100 feet away from us there's a bunch of bums selling weed and you know whatever lsd and and you guys are annoying us we're just trying to skateboarding we're just you know doing a sport but don't
0: get it twisted the og skaters i knew we're troublemakers too no, a lot bro. of the time. If you fuck with a crew of skaters, you definitely get okay, a death. If you upside fuck with a head. crew of uh, high school football players, you're gonna get the same shit. True, trip. true, you're true. Gonna get, it's gonna true, be even
1: worse. True, true. So you know, true. You, you're a kid. A kid is a kid. Being part of being a kid is going against the norm. Right. Absolutely. That's how things evolve. The norm of today is the past of the future. So if you're if you're you know, if you're not testing those those bounds, those boundaries, pardon me, uh, you're, you know, there's no evolution, technically
0: speaking. Very true. I agree with mm. you. Well put. So let me ask you, where did you grow up and how did you start in this business? Take us back. Tell yeah, us some of your story. Yeah, man.
1: It's a cool story. Uh, that's actually a really cool story. So <laughs> I started skating in like, uh, 86. My father brought back one of those little toy yellow skateboards, like plastic, you know, and mm-hmm. I, at that point, uh, I come from a very sport-oriented, you know, uh, family. My uh, brother's a very good hockey player, um, so I right there start skating. Forget it; I'm not doing any other sport. Nothing else matters in the world. So I evolve skateboarding, and I'm I'm fairly good at skateboarding. You know, I'm I, I'm very young, but I'm always hanging with people that are like five, six, seven years older than me because I'm I'm at their level of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, um, there's a, a friend of mine who at that point I, I I hadn't met yet who opens a store in St. Bruno, which is my hometown on the South shore of Montreal. And, uh, so, you know, he's, it's it's the new skate spot. And obviously back then skate stores are like the local hangout. So you go there, you chill there all day, you go skateboarding in the afternoon, come back at the store and it's like a hangout. Mm -hmm. So we start hanging out at the store and, um, the, uh, the, the, how I, I got involved in like physically working in that store is, I was perfectly bilingual. My mother's perfectly English, my father's French. So obviously at a young age, I was fluent in both languages. And um, the owner of that store was French, like French Canadian to the max. So at that point, all distributors and and companies were based out West or in the States. So he had to speak English and Mm -hmm. he was on the phone, man. And he was saying, some stuff that made no sense. So I, I just <laughs> tapped on his shoulder and said, get, you know, give me the phone. I was 12 years old at that point. I He's like, wow. like, I was like, give me the phone. So he gave me the phone and I put my hand. I was like, what do you want to say in French? So he told me what I, what he wanted to say. And I just conveyed the message to the person on the phone. So I, uh, five, seven minutes later, I hang up and it's like, yo, I want you here three days a week, you know, and <laughs> translate and translate. So, is so, so a few years later, I end up going to Toronto for a trade show, and it's a you know Canadian skateboard and snowboard ski trade show, mm-hmm. and uh, the distributors are there, and we're walking around, and we meet the people face to face. You know, what and, year was this?
0: Uh, about this uh, was like roughly. probably
1: ninety four ninety five, so. and um, these people look at me and they look down at me because I'm like four foot nine, you know, <laughs> and I'm 13, 14 years old. And they're like, you're the guy placing these, you know,
0: these big orders, these big
1: orders. <laughs> How is this possible? So from there, you know, I, those people really appreciated the fact that I was very young and involved. And sure. that that person who owned that store was my partner at empire. We started the store together with Dope. another one of my friends, Fred, who was like the local hero, uh skater. Gotcha. So we clicked up and started empire in 99.
0: Dope. Yeah. Dope. So Take me on the journey of, so obviously, uh, we're very alike in that we got a very early start Mm -hmm. in in our respective uh, businesses, um, constantly surrounded by older cats. Story Mm -hmm. was exactly the same. How did you go from being uh, a kid working in the skate store to opening one location with two other guys to turning it into a chain? How did well, that happen? Uh, what was that evolution? Uh, basically, like?
1: the, I started working for that guy mm-hmm. at the store. Yeah. I, you know, i was still in school skating at that point, snowboarding arrived and obviously snowboarding became a very important part of my life. And about, uh, probably I'd say somewhere around 96, he sold his store to someone. I stayed with the new owners as like, a an assistant manager. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I did a few years there at that point, I was still, um, sort of teeter-tottering between working in you know the business and trying to be a professional gotcha. so I had maybe a little bit more chance of doing something in the snowboard realm but I was always getting injured like severe inju- injuries so like I had broken my leg twice my collarbone three times all this in like three years so I really hurt myself many times and I was like man if I continue this I'm gonna die doing this you know so yeah. I I ate i f- i re-channeled my energy and focused on on the business aspect of things to me it was it was more of a sure shot on the long run mm-hmm. uh, safer and um and i was looking also at you know your general athlete uh the athlete's career it, ha- it has a a lifespan that is quite short because when you're skating you're snowboarding injuries you get older that new click comes in and they you know they sort of overpower the older guys mm-hmm. so i was like you know what i'm gonna let You know the actual skateboarding snowboarding career go and i'm going to focus on retail so in 97 i called my old boss back which was pat he was a friend Mm -hmm. and fred and uh you know i told him listen i'd love to start a store i don't know where yet but you know there's it's time for change um let's let's get together and do it you know and and let's do it differently mm-hmm. so at that point we we opened our first store in Saint Julie the store that you visited mm-hmm. it was uh you know your average store was maybe 2000 square feet we we went to 4000 square feet your average store was very basic in the design we invested in in our design, so we got a designer to help us out. And you know, we were like the first boutique skateboard store. We had like a saltwater aquarium in wow. there. We had, uh, you know, the, the the it wasn't just four walls and some chrome racking on 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 the walls. It was like you know custom made fixturing. We were selling products that were a lot more expensive. Like we were selling diesel denim at that point. Wow, uh, at like two hundred and fifty
0: bones a piece, Back then. and that was in ninety yeah. nine. So people are like, holy shit.
1: So we th- we had this
0: cool mix of product where it was like high end mixed with the legit skate culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: you know like diesel denim was legit like you wanted a dope pair Still of denim. Yeah, exactly. Still you know, rock so diesel. so we you know we we decided to have that mix of product. It was it was we were the first to do that. And then from there, uh, we opened on the 15th of August of 99. Skyrocket success, unbelievable. God bless all the customers that supported us. And a few a few years down the road, we opened uh, Montreal and Boisbriand, mm-hmm. which is on the North Shore, mm-hmm. and then we opened Ville Saint Catherine, Vaudreuil, Quebec, Terrebonne, uh, Boisbriand. <laughs> we expanded stores that already existed. We opened Boucherville. Uh, we moved things around a bit, and now we uh, you know we have Bromont, Granby, with uh, some partners of ours. That it's actually more of like a franchisee deal because they're. They're good friends of us we, we don't work the franchise business model but with these guys they're You're close they're, you know yeah exactly there's, there's a lot of love so we decided to go forward for with that for because uh we knew the guys for so long and uh yeah so we have uh, nine stores and obviously in our in our congrats, world congrats brother uh, thanks yes, bro, congrats well appreciated and uh in 2007 i'm i'm more or less a year maybe we started doing online business so we started selling online which is very ahead of the curve compared to a lot of the skateboard and snowboard stores i have back a question then.
2: for you are you doing anything different with your online stuff similar to what you did with your brick and mortar the, what do you mean the saltwater ponds do you have any insight for the kids that are uh no is there something to, on those
1: like what happened just to it's it's cool you're asking that question because to, to circle back to what was going on is our stores became uh, very busy, very high density traffic. So we had to work the business model differently when it evolved. So instead of like our, back then we had a 40, four thousand square foot store. After that, our stores were like 7, 8, 9, 10, 12,000 square feet. Um, you know, instead of holding maybe three or 400 grand of inventory, we were like sitting on one to $2 million in inventory. Instead of putting in, I don't know, 200 grand of lethal improvements, we were dropping a million dollars of, of lethal improvements. So when the formula was, you know, really went right. up up and every time we open a new store we take our existing formula and we try to make it better obviously times have changed um that like the the new economy that you know we hear that term that's nouvelle economy sorry for mm-hmm. the the french term it, it there is a change there's a shift you know, online business, the Amazons of this world, um, th- there, you know, before there was borders, now there's like less borders. So cross cross country shippings happening. Um, so the, the, the struggle is different. Um, it's, it's, uh, often in our business, when we're having business meetings with, you know, strategic partners, the, the common sort of catchphrase is to make that dollar, I have to work four times harder because there's more competition out there. Right. So, um. What I was coming back to is that formula evolved, like my stores are, are still, what I consider them, nice stores for a skateboard and snowboard store, mm-hmm. you know? Beautiful. Um, but they're, I don't have room anymore for the saltwater aquarium because I'm sitting on $2 million of inventory mm-hmm. and every square foot is extremely And your competition is just you
0: know? drop shipping, maybe not even necessarily holding a lot of inventory. No, too, a lot of no,
1: uh, definitely not. It's like, a, it's like I said, it's a new world. Uh, for online in our case, um you know through the years we probably i have a partner um who's who's specifically dedicated to online uh Mark. you know development um you know close friend of mine snowboarded for years when we were kids and he was working uh in a in a web company uh doing a whole bunch of different web you we have uh, a back guy that and knows then the he came stuff. up to me in like 2005 or maybe 2006 and said yo you know, you have all this inventory. Let's let, let me take care of your online component. Let's do a partnership. So I was like, man, you know what? That's a great idea. You know, I don't yep. have the competence and the skills to do it, so might as well, you know, get together and do it. Yeah. So 2007, more or less, we start the site. And every three to five years, we 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 do a like a basically a re a relaunch of the site. So rebrand like, the whole thing. Re, well, redo, change for change, like the the back end or the front end. It could be aesthetical, it could be technical in the back end. Um like probably end of March to mid April this year, we're relaunching on a Shopify Plus. Oh wow. Uh
2: shout out to Shopify by the way. Yeah. I grew up with the uh the uh, the CEO. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. My best friend's neighbor, like he was around my place all the time, Harley Pinkelstein, Great guy. Wow. And he was a killer back then. The guy was yeah. like four foot nothing, and you could tell this guy's gonna be worth many right, millions right. later. He's, wow. he's definitely doing well for himself. Uh, he These guys he killed are it.
1: up. And uh so you know, we 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 tried different platforms working with Magento now and we decided to shift towards Shopify plus, yep. you know, we, we, uh, we evaluated the pros and cons of each and, you know, we said it's time for a change. So again, investing the key to our success is being extremely present, being extremely involved in the community and continuously reinvesting into our stores. So, you know, we just expanded and redid the Vaudreuil store. We're working on redoing some, uh, some aesthetics uh, in the Boisbriand store, in the Quebec store, uh, the exterior of the building that I own uh, with my partners in uh, Boucherville. We're redoing this this spring also. So, you know, there's always Improvement uh, uh, stuff. Uh, improvements Improvements. done. What kind of
2: um, community outreach stuff have you done? Because I've heard the name Empire. I mean, I'm meeting you for the first time tonight, but at the same time, I've known the name just based in the community as a, like a, a figure. Yeah. So what what is that initiative?
1: Uh, well, uh, great question. Like people who are basically empire it's funny the best example as i can say is when we answer the phone at the store we answer because we're in we're in quebec and there's the french the, the, or we have run. to we have to answer bonjour, because if i if i answer like empire it's i'm answering life. in english and then i can have problems with
2: the, wow so and um welcome to quebec by yeah, the way our yeah, our, but, our guests from out of town that are watching yeah.
1: but uh, hey you know what it's I, a beautiful place i'm huh? perfectly bilingual and i strongly believe that the French essence. And and community needs to be protected. One hundred percent. So what they're doing is legit, but it's annoying because <laughs> I. <laughs> and it's have a to bit. Of, with it. <laughs> and it's
0: a bit of an imposition to say you know uh, English and French signs should be the same size. I get it, but when you're like imposing how the person wishes to greet, and you don't know. Listen, if somebody's francophone and they want to greet in French, go for it. If somebody's Anglophone and they want to greet in English, go for it. It's, it's a little funny it's when the government it. imposes how to greet one another. I, I agree.
1: Listen, as much as we can do a full podcast oh, yeah. just on that, of course. I accepted it. Yes, I live here. It's a choice I have. I run my business And they're beautiful people, of course. Of anyone course. who comes to Quebec, who's from anywhere else in the world, Really appreciates Absolutely. what it is. Like and you there's know not it one it person that that leaves here up, the, uh, you know, upset with the, the people, the language, the architecture, the community, the culture
2: it's you know beautiful exactly and I, let's
0: be fair it is the french that makes us completely unique exactly so I, on, on on the continent exactly. absolutely
2: i so, lived in california for two years and i couldn't wait to get back here to the real faces the real mm, hard-working yeah. Uh, yeah. i mean it's a beautiful place We I, live in.
1: listen you know the only the only thing that i most people don't could do without let's say is the extremely cold weather <laughs> yeah but, uh, <laughs> that, that's
2: another issue well, we so to, to come time. back to what please, i was saying please. was um what was the question? We again? were we were talking about uh, your community outreach stuff yes, you do okay, the community. You.
1: So, um, uh, through throughout our since day one, like basically we started Empire, and uh, you know customers are flocking in, and uh, we were talking about this before the show went. While we were waiting for bless, um, <laughs> the bless uh, never you know later. we were one of the first uh, one of the first stores to. Uh, you know do customer profiling you know take down as much information pertaining to where the customer comes from his home address his age his birth date and blah 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 so with all that data um we could you know do special stores vip invites Uh, then we started you know it was like hey it's our first year let's throw a party because obviously you know we love to
0: party in my mind (laughs) and that's what we were talking about before we started rolling I was always very impressed with your sense of uh, entrepreneurialship. Um, you were great at executing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're one of these people who has big ideas, but actually is able to execute it professionally. Yeah, for sure. So props to you on that. And that's what I was telling Lemmy was that you know, it, it, as as my memory serves me, you were one of the first people. Doing, you know, data collection and and you know really building that community around your business, which now is the status quo because yeah. of social media. Yeah, exactly. But back then there was no social media. Nope. And Phil used to call me, you know, to invite me to one of his events, or I think maybe we performed even at one of the events. You've most likely performed Shakedown.
1: At a f- yeah, sh- a Shakedown. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. So so you know we started with a first anniversary party. We killed it. There was like I don't know a few hundred people, and then we realized oh, yeah. you know what? Let's just do this on a regular basis. Number one
0: year you guys did Cardinal <clears throat> I did I did Cardi
1: Chocolare, Onyx Naughty DPG 3-6 hmm. Mafia Wu-Tang Mac Miller Rest in peace. Talib Kweli Toss effects, nice
2: diggity diggity. Uh, Bless that chick. Bless.
1: Premier many times,
0: Jazzy Zef. That's right, you did do premiere a couple times. uh, uh, We came through.
2: Um, Those are those are a list of who's who.
0: And let me tell you something. it, It was one party better than the next. Yep. and it was a great crowd yep. it was all like no drama no fights uh, like a lot of the skate community would mm-hmm. come out a lot of people on the fashion end like the distributors yep. um and it was always like the highlight we always looked forward to it and i was like this guy must have a massive fucking email list yeah and this is pre it's social media Right. Yeah, Facebook did not exist. Facebook didn't exist. So you were very much a, a, a visionary in understanding that if you know your clients, like for real, it, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. You
1: know, sk- skateboarding is all about, well, skateboarding and snowboarding. And I, a lot of the the, the the extreme sports also, but I just don't, we we don't cater to the, like Moto X and surfing mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where it's like skateboarding and snowboarding. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole business side of things is business is one thing, but you can't do that business if you're not nurturing the community. And, you know, all, skateboarding and snowboarding, what do we do? We skate, we mm-hmm. snowboard, we party. That's
2: right. So, and a lot of it's in like a public area or in well it, more it, like social settings. Well, not. yeah,
1: but that's it. it's We're all about being together. Like, right.
2: and if we're, you know, a day you're not even in the mood
1: to go skate, you're still going to go to the spot, chill, and, you know, drink a beer or, smoke a you know Mm -hmm. whatever and 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 uh, and do your thing so it's very uh, very tight-knit community so when we when we decided to do one party that blew up and then in a second party then i started doing those supreme sundays Mm -hmm. which you probably came a few Mm -hmm. time with skeptic and Mm -hmm. and a supreme sunday supreme sunday was um a night basically we we uh you know very irresponsibly like to screw our week up so we mm-hmm. we have a regular night for years on sunday nights and just blow it out of you know <laughs> three four hundred people sloshed and uh obviously go. monday was like a headache man but nur- it nurtured the community and everyone <laughs> loved the night you know it was, it was very skateboard snowboard community based so we ended up uh doing that for a few years and then, you know, other opportunities came about and, um, and yeah, and, and one thing, you know, that this is one thing that the people who know me well know is I try to preach this to my, to my, uh, to my staff is there's no, there's no job that's too, uh, big or small for anyone. Mm. So, you know, the, the I've, I've, I I'll mop the floor if I need to, I'll, I, like I'd show up at, at, at Cinema Guzo with my flyer box oh, in Arari and I personally flag the, the, the you know, the cars and, and I'd leave in an Arari and people were like, what the hell? It's like, bro, I got to pay the Rari, I got to work. That's you know? right. So, so I, you know, very hands-on and, and our team was very hands-on and people could feel this and, uh, and they
0: appreciated it and it built the community. I could definitely say something about Phil, um, knowing him for a decade and a half yeah. if not more um he's a guy that plays hard but he's really a guy that works very hard mm-hmm. right. and i think that that's possible when you're passionate about what you have yeah, for sure because i'm sure for you it's work but it doesn't feel like work oh, because work. you're always around the people you want to be around and you're always kind of involved in the scene you want to be involved and what could be what could be better than that especially if you're doing well enough to drive a camouflage ferrari yes uh, which he yeah. does, which he was gracious enough to That's lend true. us for one of my videos. <laughs> That's true, i um, about that. Yeah, he has yeah. one of the dopest uh, cars in the city, hands down. Uh, he has a custom, uh, ca- is it, it's, it's paint, camouflage, yeah. a camouflage custom painted. Oh, it's paint It's not like one of those sticker. No, no.
1: Basically, well, you might have no Scanner, the mm-hmm. graffiti artist mm-hmm. who RIP to the one and only King Scan. Yeah. Um, me and him we start we met a few years back doing some stuff in one of my bars we'll get to the bars i guess After that's exactly
0: where i was and uh and
1: um you know we clicked and uh, you know he's extremely hardworking, extremely professional but also working in a very niche Mm -hmm. business you know Mm -hmm. model so he ends up coming to my house like uh, he's you know done like a 50-foot mural in my house uh he did uh my front door and uh at one point you know my car's parked outside i'm like man i'm sick of my car mm. it's like i gotta do something cool and he's I was like i'd like to do a camo but everyone's doing weak camo like the camos yeah, you can tell the they're printed or, right. so i'm like man i'm not i'm not feeling it. he's like well let's paint it and you know <laughs> it took me about Wild. two seconds and i was like you idiot and then i said you know what yeah let's you have do a graph it graph
2: legend here like let's go so, to work
1: so um we brought the car into my buddy's garage. We man brought it back down to the fiber, to the aluminum, reprimed it. This was a st- 424 hours of work. Wow. Um, reprimed it and built up the camouflage. He he basically mocked it up, and uh, a tattooer by the name of Juice, mm-hmm. who's also very well known in the city, uh, actually applied the camo, uh, and then the the official car painter. Did the all the matte finishing and, mm-hmm. and it came out like it's it's stealth camel. It's stunning. Like, man, the, the Canadian the Canadian army invited me to
2: uh <laughs> a parade because it was so legit. And it's it's the like the standard green
0: dark. Yeah, yeah, green. it's like
2: Das effects Right.
0: Straight camel. from the Yeah, camel. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Very dope. <laughs> yeah. So in keeping with the work hard play hard, yeah. so you go from being a twelve-year-old kid, being a translator yep. for your boy—well <laughs> put—to uh, working in retail, yep. to opening your first spot, mm-hmm. to opening nine spots, mm-hmm. but you don't stop there. No, nope. you don't stop at events. You don't stop at skate and snowboard culture. You at some point decide that you want to uh, continue and expand your entrepreneurialship. Yeah, Talk so uh, th- this is this is a very, you know, I'm very business minded.
1: Um, We're doing all these events that we've been talking about. You know, I'm ramming parties from 200 to 4,000 people. Mm. It's always sold out. You're
0: like, like, let's monetize this. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, let's monetize it. And let's, at that point, I was still a DJ. And I was mm. a sucky DJ because I played for myself
0: <laughs> instead
1: of playing for the crowd. So I, you know, you walk in and Phil was mixing. It was group home, mob deep, Dasa, effects. That's why uh, the bless was there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wasn't <laughs> shit to me. I'm <laughs> but, like, yo, but you know, can the girls are Coke? like, okay, like, this is a, li- a little good? too hard, a little too <laughs> rough,
1: you know. So, and then while I'm mixing, all my buddies are showing up and coming up to the DJ booth and like, yo, Phil, let's have a drink, let's <laughs> have, a <laughs> have a shot. And then I'm like, bro, I'm well, mixing, I bad. can't, you nights, know. So I'm like. No, I'm no longer going to be a DJ. I'll hire DJs and then, you know, I'll be a promoter. And then, you know, so you go from making a few hundred bucks to making a few hundred more mm-hmm. as a promoter. And then at one point uh, I had an opportunity with a bunch of friends. The real story is that club night I was doing on Sunday nights, the Supreme Sundays, the club uh, went Where down in flames. Where was it? It was uh, the, the dog on the corner of St. Denis and Mount Royal. Okay. No, no, um, uh, uh, Ra- Rachel, sorry, Rachel. Rachel, Rachel. Yeah. Rachel. And um, the club burnt down and for a few months we were like, okay, no more nights. And then suddenly a friend of mine says, Hey, let's go do the night at Rachel, Rachel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we go and do a business meeting with the partners of the place. And they, they're sort of scared because they know of, of our events and skaters and snowboarders are always sticking stickers everywhere. And, you know, right. tagging the, was the, the, say the tagging like market. Everything, you know, and, th- and th- their spot's pretty clean. So they're like, man, you know what? Uh, not too sure. And there was, a, there was a bar called Sofa Lounge in front right of. Uh, so we bought Sofa Lounge. That's so. Uh, we, we went into. To do a night in a club, and twenty minutes later, we buy the club in front, and, uh, <laughs> that was and then smash your camel Ferrari through the window, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, so we we end up uh, doing l'écurie, the first bar. That I remember I did with that. Jeremy, I was a, I was a big and Brandon, uh, Pat, and Alex from A Five Management. That was a great night, uh, man. Was, whew, that was those were that great, was dude. messy
0: nights, yeah, very exactly. messy nights. And and you know what I give Phil his credit for is like he always had the DJs that were playing. A healthy mix of Mm -hmm. what was happening in the moment, but like while still playing the hardcore shit Mm -hmm. that the three of us, when you're really drunk and the group home comes on and the mob deep hell on earth comes on. It's a special vibe right. because exactly. you could get the Drake and the Jay-Z mm-hmm. or whatever everywhere. I think he just day.
2: said Goody Mob, and I'm like, I might have to bust out my Goody bum, Mob bum, shit later. Bum,
0: bum, I just, right? th- 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 who's th- that peeping th- 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 through
2: th-
1: th- the th- window? Oh th- th- Man, bro, those are, those are all anthems. You know? And you know Literally. what?
0: Those uh, going, looping back what he was saying. That's all the shit that was in the skate videos yeah, back exactly. in the day, right? Straight so up. great tie-in, great time. So I think would you attribute... A lot of your success in, in your various businesses to that early building of community around them. For sure. hundred percent. For sure. I mean, it's very difficult to
1: capitalize on whatever business, you know, uh, area you want to focus in without being involved because the the only way you can properly service these people is by knowing them and getting to know personally and, and and listening to them and, and obviously trying things some some things might work some others might not but if you're there and you're involved in it and you're active okay. you're going to be able to adjust quickly and optimize and they're going to want to support- passive and they're going to want to support yeah, you for, because for sure.
0: if if you see Phil and he got you around and you're going to go buy a pair of skate shoes, you're not going to go to the competitor. You're going to go see Phil because you like the guy. Yeah, you party I, with I, the, guy. I, I, you I to the guy. I would hope that I would obviously do you know I mean, I certainly would. You know what
1: I'm saying? I mean listen, it's a there,
0: no-brainer. There's
1: there's competition and then, and and there, it, we need competition because it keeps me on my grind and it keeps those guys on their grind because I'm their competition. Sure. So, uh, competition is healthy and I i can't service 100 of the customers that obviously. you know so obviously we do our best to uh service the ones that appreciate what we do um it's it's again always evolving and uh we have to reposition ourselves and it's part of of uh you know being almost 20 years deep with empire it's if i, if I would have sat on my butt in 99 and said, Hey, this formula works for me and I'm gonna keep it
0: forever. You'd be I'd be out of closed. Business. I'd be closed. Like so many people it, there you go. came in, made a killing, uh, yeah. and then just ended rrr. up going down the tube. Uh, and I, you know, I I okay. asked these questions very strategically because I want a lot of the younger cats that check this out to understand what goes into really being consistent in any business, especially in businesses like yours, which seem really cool and glamorous, mm-hmm. but they don't realize the fucking you've been at this since 99 and even before that i'm talking
1: about in building your for for, for us to work you know straight off the bat in 99 we had put in 10 years prior to that of course oh and 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 i mean anyone who thinks that
0: it fell from the sky Mm.
2: is no come on
0: because at all because a lot of people would see you know, me and you having drinks at the bar and they'd see you popping bottles and they'd see you coming or going in the Camel Ferrari. And I'm sure they were like- Not when I had popped bottles, bro. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Coming, not leaving. (laughs) Coming, not leaving. No drinking and driving. Coming, not leaving. But what I mean is that they would see the end- uh, The end result. The end result and be like, oh, well, I guess this guy, you know, uh, know, got lucky or whatever. And the reality is 10 years prior to 99. And then from 99- (laughs) 20 year span 2019 is a big deal
2: yeah Um,
0: and that's a 30 year commitment yeah and and uh i mean
1: my typical day is i wake up at four or five a.m i have a back problem so i have to like take a bath to sort of relax and relax your shit together yeah exactly so by then at four five a.m I'm already texting my bar managers and restaurant managers to see how the night went. Was mm-hmm. there any problems Were there any fights with mm-hmm. cops or whatever, Hard. you know? So then I know that if the cops call me at eight o'clock in You're the morning, prepared. I'm already aware of what happens. So we look intelligent and we're already acting You're accordingly, not sloppy. you know? So then, you know, obviously at anywhere between seven and nine, I'm at the gym every day. And then I do, you know, uh, obviously I go to the office, the empire office. I'll do anywhere between the morning till two to five PM. Then I'll come home. Uh, depending if I got sloshed the previous night, I'll take a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do supper. you have time to
2: get sloshed? If you're waking up at four,
1: he makes time. I, 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 I sleep <laughs> an hour or two. Okay. When I get up. You
2: trained yourself to yeah, not yeah, need it's like, six, seven, eight hours.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. I'm better now with sleep because I don't go out as much. I'm a, before I was going out, you know, three, four five, six nights a week um Careful, this was man. for like Careful. 20 years uh but, obviously i had to you know slow that down um nick passed away who was my partner at people yeah. and uh that sort of like you know shifted me a bit and mm-hmm. it, sh- it shook me up a bit so i uh i took like a little step back and um and uh you know refocused my energies a bit and um when i when you know when i Redid my schedule. I said, listen, I'll go home, sleep an hour or two, have supper with my girlfriend. And then in the evenings, it's nighttime meetings for the bars. So, you know, uh, go see, let's say Don B meet up with the partners, see what's up, or is everything going well. And then come back home, hmm. you know, anywhere uh, between eight and three AM.
0: So that leads me to my next question. You start with Lake Curie. Yep. Then you don't stop there.
1: No, l'écurie was an instant success crazy. It went from not even having one customer a week. We get the keys, we renovate, we open it's rammed four or five nights a week. Um, the, 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 the people that live around the area are extremely upset with our arrival because now we're like, you know, a bunch of snowboarders and skateboarders raging at the, at the, the, the club, uh, a few nights a week. So the quality of life sort of changed in that shifted. area. Um they got together, it took them almost five years. they got together and they were filming what was going on and they you know they created this this dossier that ended up in front of the courts. so we went to court and uh we had a few penalties you know we we did a lot of proactive. Uh, quality control, and we'd have security agents on the street and the park in the front try to, you know, help mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. but it was still too much, and uh, we ended up uh, we ended up having a close because we were just being too noisy. and uh, Mayfair mm-hmm. took over at that point. Mm-hmm. So i I got out of l'Icurie, but we had rack and roll and Le deuxième on the south shore. Mm-hmm. Then I did people with Nick
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in old Montreal. Then we did Don B on Saint Laurent Street, which is blowing up right now. It's basically the new Mm ecurie, you know, for Mm -hmm. lack of better words. Mm -hmm. And, um, we redid the rack and roll on the South shore that became a high-end restaurant slash bar cocktail club, amazing spot. It's like an apartment 200, but on steroids. Wow, um, it's like uh, I don't know five times as big, and um, seems
2: like the motto with you is just go big, right? Don't well, I,
0: no, I like. <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's go small big, things. but <laughs> he services his niche, yeah, right. which is mm. so important. No, I just he like doesn't that, like, go after the old Buonanotte crowd. No, but or but, but,
1: but one thing I gotta say is like the the Madame Bovary um, concept is very cool. It's based off of the book, mm-hmm. the novel. And, um, it's, uh, the, 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 design inside and my partners that took care of developing the concept did an incredible job. And, um, the, the, uh, the, the, cuisine that's there is unbelievable and it's really a more mature crowd. Hmm. Uh, it's, where know, is this
2: spot? Sounds like somewhere it, I need to be, right? It's, uh, you let me it's on the South weapon? short part of me. You let me in with sweatpants. Is uh,
1: that- I'll let you in. Cause I know you, okay, <laughs> <you're> not-
0: <laughs> if he's there, but, but, he's not it's, no, but there. it's not
1: like a, it's not like your typical, you know, bouncer at the door you can't get in vibe because it's South Shore, it's it's, it's right. down to earth. But when you come in, like they put a few million in the place wow. and you know it turned out to be quite the concept. So aesthetically it's beautiful, quality of the food's beautiful, the cocktails, the listing, the people that are there, very mature crowd until around 12 uh you know for the restaurant component and cocktails and then there's a shift of customers that you know that are older that you know say they i gotta gotta go to bed and whatever their excuses and then there's Mm -hmm. like another another generation that comes in that's that's younger yet way more mature than like a don Mm -hmm. b type Mm -hmm. customer i got you and uh where is is this located this is on in Boucherville, right in front of my Boucherville store got you
2: what's the menu like there i'm curious
1: menu there's a mix of uh I'd say, uh, how can I describe it? It's it's small plating. You tops. take a few plates. It's not tops. It's I don't like using that term because it's too too easy to like categorize it. There. It's very well presented, aesthetically beautiful food, taste unbelievable. Um, but for hefty eaters, I'm a hefty eater. You'd probably take two to three plates. Okay. If you're really on a, a food binge, you'll go up to four. But, you know, a uh, 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 girl would probably take one to two plates and okay. be fine, you know, to do cocktails after that and spend the night at the club. So we have a DJ. We have, like, six, seven pool tables. Nice. Uh, we have, a karaoke, like, a, a library karaoke bar. So you, like, open, uh, you take a book, and the, the bookshelf opens up, and you go in, like, this private karaoke nice. spot. That's, That's really dope. cool. I got
0: to come check yeah, it. out. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I got to come check it out. We'll yeah. plan a night. So right now you have Don B. Yep. A rack and roll which is now Madame Bovary. Okay, you, that's 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 switched, okay. yeah, exactly. And weren't, sh- uh, what other? People. That, people. Cinco. People no
1: longer. No, people still fucking, sorry for the language, banging. Uh, <laughs> Saturday is rammed, fri- uh, Sunday is rammed, uh, Fridays hit and miss, and our Wednesdays, which used to be a really cool industry night, which I'd see you there every yes. now and then, mm-hmm. uh, sort of shifted to the Sunday. Okay. So, um, but we're, we're busy three, three nights a week. Weren't you involved in Cinco restaurant? Yeah, I mean, I'm, still, I'm still in Cinco. I forgot that one. Sorry, I got too many. The guy can't
0: remember <laughs> the businesses he has. Now you understand why I brought him here, right? It's a good problem to have. Yeah. If you problem. forget any envelopes that need to be picked up, <laughs> nah. just let Leslie know, I'll go do your run right, for you all right. too. It's cool, it's cool. Um, so tell us the businesses you have right now. Uh, you want me to describe them? No, I want, t- you, I want you to tell us what they are. So you got okay. people, rack and roll, which is- Madame Which Bovary. is not Madame Bovary, um, uh, Cinco.
1: Uh, Cinco, Madame Bovary, people, and Don B. Comer. So people is very urban, club, huge sound system, it's loud, it's in a basement, it's old port of Montreal, it's got that, that feeling. Uh, Cinco is a really cool concept. Uh, very eclectic, uh, sort of sort of has a Warhol feel to it. Mm. How many um, locations? One. Okay. Uh, it's about 200 seater. Uh, we have a huge terrace in the summer. Amazing vibes. It's in <laughs> Quartier Latin, on Saint Denis, in front of Theatre Saint Denis. Uh, it's a menu that is between uh, 6.95 and 9.95. Mm-hmm. Very generous portions. Uh, loud music. A lot of people. Very multicultural. Amazing vibe. Uh, that's rammed. Uh, Sounds five like a Saint-Sulpice
2: kind of place. Pardon me? Sounds like a Saint-Sulpice kind of place. Way no?
1: Like, I mean, but no, you said I, big terrace, n- low prices. No, no, Saint-Sulpice terrace no, is gigantic uh, terrace. That thing is huge. Fair. But um, I mean, it's
0: well worth going there if
1: you're it's with your It's like a place
0: group. like college students kind of vibes. Yeah,
1: man. But it's. Uh, yeah okay put it that way but it's <laughs> because I mean, the we food get, is we, nice and cheap yeah, yeah but I mean,
0: you can have cocktails it's a yeah, fun place exactly yeah. and
1: and like i mean anyone who goes like i go i do a lot of lunch meetings there because it's my spot and i bring people and sure, you know sure sure and everyone that i bring that are more mature and you know they're like how do you make it work it's so good portions are great and it's only like x amount of dollars you know mm-hmm. so our concept works obviously we're you know we we sell a lot of uh cocktails and drinks with the food so mm-hmm. um that's and we and is. we do we we do like extremely high traffic so uh, it's in Quartier latin so there's a lot going on there students uh, right. all the shows at the out saint denis there's the movie theater in front so there's a lot going on that's, that creates traffic foot traffic for right. for the business so that's that's cinco um madame bovary i explained before which yeah. is like a restaurant cocktail club on steroids and, uh, um, Domby, Domby Dom is like, uh, uh, the new version of L'écurie. it's, uh, on St. Laurent, the old, uh, B side, a side up club there that we all connected together, yeah. it's three rooms, more or less, I don't know, five, 600% capacity, a bunch of DJs, a terrace that is, uh, has a glass roof that I, that I can open and close according to the weather. So the vibe there is amazing. You know, you, you get different vibes in different zones so if you want to be in the club there's like a place where the music's really loud and it's really more club orientated downstairs is you know your your dj nerf who's a you know well-rounded off dj who can actually cut who can play the new urban stuff and who 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 knows the og mm-hmm. you know golden era stuff that we all appreciate so we blend that all together hmm. and uh and yeah so amazing amazing spot and obviously Saint around being what it is uh, high traffic on your Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The place is rammed. Uh, yeah. Great spot. And you guys
0: have a good Tuesday night going. Co- yes, exactly. Yeah, it was still
1: rammed. It's that's our like more or less industry night, and it is uh, another happening night.
0: Dombey's rammed uh, four nights a week. Rammed. So you have five clubs and clubs restaurants. and restaurants, yeah, clubs exactly. and or restaurants yeah, or exactly. mixed together, and nine locations, nine empires,
1: store. and and uh, one online Store. 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 I have a question for
2: you. I see you wearing the Empire hat. So did it like the, the, uh, progression, was it start your own line and then bring on these other brands or did the brand come afterwards? Like brand came afterwards. Uh, why, why, like why branch out? You just wanted your own?
1: Just different, different, a lot of right now, the like the, the, the new generation is very, um, like for instance, our buddies at dime. Uh, who, who are doing a fantastic job. They, they developed a line that, well, a crew that became a clothing line. And now they have a little store, but they, a lot of online sales. And do and you carry diamond? No, um, they, uh, they have like, they're like a Montreal. I don't like comparing, but like Supreme ish okay. type, uh, business model. Um, us were the opposite of that. We sell. Companies and we complement our offering with, with some in house brand. Gotcha. So basically,
0: like a mini department store concept. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. Yeah. But specifically focused on culture. skateboarding and snowboarding
2: and, you know, a bit of urban stuff. In mm-hmm. there, do you yeah. do anything uh, outside of clothing that is maybe like uh, brackets or wheels or stuff like oh, that? We make,
1: like, we make in house, uh, we make wheels, boards. Cool. Very uh, cool. Obviously, we make, uh, you know, hats and beanies and shirts and some denim uh, pants shorts um very cool i mean we we dibble and dabble in in what we what we feel we need to make and what we what we want to make um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of printables, you know, that's just branding and, uh, we a do a stickers. lot of, our, uh, yeah, stickers, <laughs> by, stickers by the heap load. That's true. I've seen um, stickers all over the yeah, city. Yeah, that's man. why we've plastered the, we've plastered the continent. Um, but a lot of, uh, a lot of artist collaborations that we like doing, you, you know, it's not so much about putting the name anymore, you know, like before any skateboard store clothing had the name and huge. Right. Um, we still have a bit of that stuff, but now it's more like subtlety uh, mixed in with some artists collaborations or some, can some you name some design. of the artists uh, stuff that maybe, uh, I mean, one of the most recent is uh, Mr. Beaufort that uh, guy that we met through um, skateboard community, basically, a, I wouldn't say a doodle artist, but somewhat of a a, a doodle artist who did a bunch of, added graphics on uh magazine ads and and covers for thrasher magazine Uh and and, um so we ended up doing a contest which was called i am getting paid oh i remember that and we still do that it's a yearly contest one of the biggest uh, amateur skateboarding contests in the world and we would bring you know the course always gets redone and the ramps get repainted we brand everything and then we get an artist to come in and you know do do his thing so uh, lucas came in and did uh you know, we he says okay get get me some paint uh whatever amount of gallons of paint and he's there at night you know and we all go to bed we come back the next day bro the whole fucking skate park is <laughs> plastered with his graphics like it is almost unhumanly possible to how have much done work what this guy did done. and at night and it still looked like i mean we didn't expect that but it was awesome it was like unbelievable so yes. we really clicked with him and really appreciated the effort he put into it because it's not like we were giving him a million dollar check to right. do it, you know? Sure. So, uh, so, uh, we saw, you know, the, the, the work ethic and, 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 you know, the, just the pride in how he worked. So we ended up, you know dealing with him on other projects and we just did uh, a bunch of well the boards aren't out yet they're coming out soon uh, we dropped the clothing line about uh, a few weeks ago so there's a bunch of hoodies t-shirts with different graphics that he played perfect. off on perfect some cool stuff
2: and and well deserved he put in all that work why not right well
1: yeah and it, we you know He's very well respected in the skate community. And, uh, you know, we, we do, we do, um, every year we do more or less a, a photography series, which we get some photographer, um, often local Montreal guys that are very well known, very well respected, and we'll, we'll work some of their photo, some of their photos and apply it to skateboards or clothing. And then there's an artist component, which is more like uh, some graphic design or some actual, uh, artistry that is applied
0: to the clothing and boards also. That's dope. Yep. Yeah. So with 15, 16, we can't count, we keep losing count, mm-hmm. uh, active businesses running. I know you talked a little bit about, you know, how rigorous your schedule is. Mm-hmm. What would you attribute or what would be a tip, you know, to, that, that you use to managing hmm. all of these? Because just hearing the kind of workload you must have can be overwhelming. Teamwork. 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 Um, and no ego.
2: All, you said before you'll pick up a broom. Yeah. Yeah. You'll leave your ego Straight at the up, door.
1: Exactly. Um, if, first of all, uh, God bless all my partners. I'm not alone in any project. I, 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 when I, when I decide to get involved in a project or I decide to, to start a project, um, I always do it for the fun because I'm interested in whatever that project is for mm-hmm. whatever reason. After that, it's what's the team, mm-hmm. you know? Create the best possible team, competence-wise, but also fun-wise, mm-hmm. and put that together and maximize everyone's strengths and minimize their their um, their weaknesses, and uh, you know, share the the workload and cross our fingers that things work out. You know, um, so far so good. Yeah, if, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not always easy. There there are there are you know businesses that aren't as profitable or that, you know, come with different struggles. Um, the
2: Montreal but, you know, club scene too is not an easy game.
1: No, but it's easier than you think. Okay. I, I, don't, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't want to know. I no, think. <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is, you know, the whole mythology of having to deal with all these criminals and, you know, okay. now nah, that the does bells not, and whistles that uh, go along with it. And uh, well, in our case, no. And, um,
0: but also you're not necessarily, I'm not catering to that. to that. Attracting to that. Exactly. Bottle popping, you know, crew of the month wants to be yeah. in your place flexing. You yeah, know, exactly. you, you you cater to a lot of good kids who are really into hip hop and skate culture. A mm-hmm. lot of kids from from the shore and from the North Shore, and exactly and which is a beautiful crowd. Yeah, I man. well, they're the best crowd. <laughs> they they're are repeat customers. Yeah. You know, besides,
1: you know, I don't know tearing someone's t-shirt out because they're doing the, the whole bam margera mm-hmm. thing you know every mm-hmm. now and then it's just like it's doing pretty hard stupid stuff but and they're hardless. a loyal crowd yeah very loyal when you're going loyal.
0: for that a-list crowd you know old port that you know selling the tables and yeah. bringing the hottest eat- that's a very disloyal crowd yeah, they go well, where well, the party well, is
1: exactly well they're social butterflies so they go from one spot to another whatever's pop in the flavor of the month and it's wherever the police aren't annoying them yeah right so.
0: yeah So I definitely would, so you would say that you've, you've, you've attributed being able to, um, sustain all these business by, by team management and by being a good delegator.
1: Well, yeah, don't get like, as I say, all these projects I'm involved in, like I have partners, we take decisions, uh, in the, in the club restaurant scene, I'm not as actively involved in the, in, in the administration, the hardcore administration, like. Staff schedules and what products we're going to sell. My like my partners are are specialized in that field, I so gotcha. they optimize the business on that so side. I'm more like a marketing, to, you know, yeah. side of things. And then on Empire, it's the opposite. I'm I'm hands, I'm hands on, you know, with my with my partners.
0: So by trade, you're, you're 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 a you're a retail guy. Yep. And then you kind of would let the experts deal with operations for the nightlife stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because at the same time, I I, I still want to go see my buddies in. My competitors' clubs, sure, and I want to be in my clubs every now and then. And I mean, there's only so many nights a week, and I have to sleep a few of them. So, how
0: often do you go to your spots?
1: Uh I try to go once or twice a week to a different spot in the in the nighttime. Cinco, I can Cinco Manambuvaria, I can go during the day. Yeah. So, like they're, we're open on the on clubs lunch I mean. hours. But the clubs, I I'll try to go uh, like Friday second. and Saturday. And, and do one or the other, you know, and, and move around and just go. You know, I might not close the place, but sure. I want, I'm not going to lie. Once I'm in there, it's like everything breaks loose and there's no going nope. back. We've,
0: <laughs> we've had that a <laughs> few. Exactly. We've it's had like, the champagne flowing a few <laughs> nights, and yeah. uh, me, you, and Nick can't see. Yeah. You know, your vision doesn't work anymore after a while. Yeah, and, that's uh, good. Those are good nights, man. Those, those were great memories, mm-hmm. and RIP Nick, man. He was yeah. such a good cat, man. Yeah, for sure, bro. God bless Nick yeah. and his family, yeah. bro. God bless Nick and family so the projects now what are you focused on outside of the actually uh always in bu- business
1: development i'm uh i'm working on a clothing line um huh. i've since since the day i started empire uh with pat and fred i i doodled a pair of fleece jogging pants Don't and think. uh thick
0: love that already i yeah, uh, you know i and
1: and That's uh, I'll, I'll remember man just doodle it and i'm like man he's baggy ass pants with like you know that you know that football jersey mesh in the lower oh, fucking yeah, yeah, knee yeah. areas oh, yeah, with yeah, big yeah. cargo pockets yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. i'm like ah, it's, it's dope and uh, i'm like oh i'm gonna get these done but the thing is is empire skyrocketed so i i, I got sucked into the retail component very very quickly and the whole like clothing component sort of was put on the side burner and um about two years ago I was, uh, just thinking about where I was in my life and, and, uh, you know, the, the hits and the hits and misses. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? There's one thing missing. It's a clothing line. Hmm. And it's awkward to say that because there's one thing that isn't missing in the world <laughs> is clothing. <laughs> You're hundred mm-hmm. percent right. So, um, for you, it was, well, missing. for me, like I'm, 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 I'm plunged in clothing every day, all day. Sure. Um, but. At the same time, there's things that all these brands I'm selling are doing that I like. Some I don't like, but they sell, so I carry them. Mm. But I feel there's there's something I could add to to the mix, you know. And um, so I I decided to do a few phone calls and uh, and uh, I just went on a mission, man. And uh, I I created the space on the South Shore, which is a, a like a a sampling slash designing facility. So it's about four thousand square feet. Oh. We have. Uh, about, uh, 10 sewing machines, you know, cut huge cutting table. Um, you know, a lot of stuff is designed there from there. I deal with, uh, different manufacturers, uh, in China mm. who, who can produce the product in, in the amounts we need. And, uh, we're launching our first line in fall 2020. So Congratulations. A, yeah, What's it it's, called, it's called USG. It's actually, uh, Respect. this is one of the, one of the shirts it's, um, it's a uh, USG. It's a clothing brand. It' had a spinoff of uh, of uh, a project that a bunch of kids had done, like maybe f- thirty five years ago. That stuck with me, but I took the the, the name and reworked it, it. Mm-hmm. and um, I said, you know, let's do it. And and you know, every everyone who's in this this clothing game right now is uh, aiming for the palace slash Supreme sure. formula, you know, sure. limited drops. Um, very high limited high product, v- exactly. Um, obviously a lot of collaborative, uh, mm-hmm. you know, pr- uh, product, um, which is an amazing business model, much respect to it. And I think it's, it's, it's definitely the way to go about it.
2: They broke the game.
1: Um. See when it, if you ask a kid today who's eighteen nineteen who's into that streetwear game, mm-hmm. he'll probably if you ask him, hey, if you were to start a clothing brand, who would you like to be? Then he'd probably you know drop a few of those streetwear names Supreme with a few babe. Uh, f- uh, yeah a <laughs> few of the of the high end fashion brands mix that together. But no one's saying I want to be Tommy Hill. Mm. No one's saying I want to be Nautica. Mm. I want to be Benetton. Mm. The sport, the sport t- high end hey, polo. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I, saw, I saw you. I saw you rock that before. A- I was and like, okay. and, so, and
0: and and with the jogger, with the dressy jogger. Yeah, 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 for sure. Matching Tommy everything so, from so, that era.
1: So basically, what what I what I'm trying to do, and don't know if it's gonna work, but we'll praise for the best. Is um, is uh, do like a, a line that's got a a very prepish sportswear feel to it. So you're you're dibbling and dabbling in that Tommy style sure. slash polo style.
0: That ta- all American timeless. Exactly,
1: mixed in with that Nike athletic component or Adidas athletic that component. So that smart techie, there techie there you go. functional I the, I techie. I don't know if you remember, it's funny because I see a bunch of this stuff coming out nowadays with Nike and all these, like the, you know how Nike, Adidas, they all have like high-end fashion divisions sure. and like super exclusive product. You remember physical science?
2: I'm trying. I'm trying.
0: I don't know if you if this will come up on Google. I did an ad with Guru for physical science. Okay, so there you go. That were in Vice magazine. There you go. That was in everything. So physical science. If you if
1: you if you this was this was Mark Echo who Mm -hmm. started physical science. So basically Echo was blowing up, and physical science was his laboratory. you know, mad scientist, tech, athletic, but it was where, great and ahead of its time. Man, it was, it, the the stuff you're seeing now mm-hmm. is extremely similar to That's what right. he was doing in the late 90s to mid 2000s. And it
0: was such a cool brand that initially I had told, like I was sponsored by Echo at <laughs> the time and I had told the people at Echo, I said, you know, why don't you get me and Guru to do an Echo ad? And they were like, look, Echo's like huge. We don't need profile no, for yeah. Echo. It's the biggest shit on planet Earth. But what do you think about physical science? And when I saw the brand, it was kind of like early diesel meets like- Super tech. Yes, yeah, super, super tech. Super like tech Drawstring. Exactly. Jean jackets that had zippers. The materials were fantastic. They had a dope ass, um, I'll never forget it. It was a navy blue and red uh, velour suit. I don't remember that. It was one. I remember because we wore it in the okay, ad. Me and Guru had matching tracksuits in the ad. It was hilarious, um, and um, I was really happy to do the ad because I, I liked the brand more than Echo at the time. Yeah, but that's
1: it. The people that had been you know sporting Echo for a while, and obviously it was it, Echo was oversaturated oh, at that probably. point. Yeah. So physical science came in. So physical sciences is. is if you take a bit of that flavor and you take a bit of the Nike ad, it DNA, and you slap it into some some polo with some Nautica, and you slap a bit of Benetton in there, and that's that's a bit that's <laughs> Phil, a bit of the bowl.
0: I love that's my salad. I, I like your I like your salad. Pause. Mm-hmm. But um, we definitely have to talk more about this off camera because I I think I have some ideas for <laughs> bless,
2: bless wants a a collab a piece of the action.
0: <laughs> I don't even want a piece of the action. I'm so into it from a cultural perspective. Like for me gear clothing fashion is is right up there with with the music itself it always has been like we've all always part. been guys that have been super yeah, into for this. for sure for like, sure like, see, like we were early sneaker heads we were guys that would get drunk together at the bar and just like like nerd out on hip-hop yeah. and like gear and shit so mm-hmm. for me like i i've never done uh music to make money obviously i'm not you know uh I'm a businessman, but at the end of the day, that's never that's never been the goal. It's just a byproduct of my passion. So I'm I'm always down to be involved in anything artistic, especially like your vision seems really spot on with I think where fashion is going. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because like where music but I, is,
1: like I said, there's no guaranteed success because when you when you put all that together. It's, it's, the thing is, is, that's a recipe, but will people like the taste and, sure. and that, and, and that is something that's going to be difficult to evaluate until I'm on that market. One thing's for sure is the, you know, 10, 15 privileged individuals who've seen my line. Cause I, I you know, I went to get some input and we, had, it's a big collection. Um, it sounds
0: like it needs to they, be, they, they, they,
1: uh, they were blown away by what it looked like and um, nope. and uh, you know where it was going. Considering that you know most brands that pop up on 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 the market today are like three baseball hats, a beanie, a hoodie, a t shirt, yeah. and you know it's it's all the same form that, exactly. Right? And this is it. I, I met distributors and and friends of mine that are in the in the, the distro world. You know, getting some advice from them mm-hmm. and, and seeing you know business opportunities. And I, 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 they were challenging me with that business model. Mm-hmm and i was challenging them back i think that for a guy like me to come out and do what those other brands are doing with the super small capsules very mm-hmm. limited brand very limited product is is um is is an existing formula i'm not bringing anything different to right. the to the plate and um I, you know it's a bigger financial risk for me to endeavor in a bigger line with mm-hmm. more quantities and but i you know i feel strongly about it and i'm i'm not trying to be exclusive Man, ex- there's enough exclusive brands out You're there, right? And and every uh, the word exclusive is technically speaking bad right now. It's like oh, the collabo exclusive world. So
2: include in, everybody.
1: Yeah, and I'm into like I respect a brand who can sell to different communities, who can appeal to different cultures, right. and 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 ultimately serve a planet instead of a you know a micro fine. Um, how can i say uh, bracket mm-hmm. of of a, of a customer which is basement. already
0: a super saturated space yeah, it's, itself. it's
1: ridiculous if you take if you if you look back and you look at what's going on right now in the high fashion mid-fashion streetwear and skateboarding uh and snowboarding stuff everyone it's a, like this is the bracket and everyone is aiming for this line yeah it's right there yeah. right and it's a it's cool but now it's not only the like the the streetwear brands that are fighting for that bracket now you got louie coming in you got mm-hmm. gucci coming right, in you they're got, dropping and, and and they're bringing their level the of Khan business that's like yep. so and, and then you got all these exclusive drops with all the athletic brands and and you, you, everyone's trying to be this but it can't be right exclusive. now right now if you want, like put it this way every every day i go out i look at what's around me mm-hmm. okay and this is going to sound really awkward to what i'm going to say but if you want to be exclusive the last thing you want to be wearing is a supreme piece no yeah. no no disrespect to yeah. supreme yeah. but like there's so much knockoff totally. and there's also a lot of uh product and everyone that has it wears it like a billboard right mm-hmm. uh so it's it's very in your face you want to wear a pair of exclusive shoes you're wearing nike adidas and converse everyone's wearing that right That's now right. technically speaking if you're rocking a pair of DC? cool like cool version of a skate shoe, or, or even for instance, uh, you bands, know, a few years back a few buddies of mine were rocking Doc Martens before, like Docs are, are sort of back uh, right yeah, now, yeah. but yeah. a few years ago they weren't. I did that, and, I you went know, to and, New York. And it's
0: like, man, th- that's different, you no, know? I went to New York, you know, they had all those, uh, you know, sneaker spots in Soho on Broadway, Lower Broadway there. I was there last Friday. Right, so I, I'm, I'm always, since I'm a kid, mm-hmm. I go into a store and I see they had the classic black eight hole Docs with the yellow stitching, but like 60 bucks. And I'm like, yo, just because these are classic, I pick them up. I rock them a couple of times. People are like, oh, you're bringing back Docs? I was wearing them like Tim's. Yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. Then boom, Rihanna or whatever. Yeah, yeah, wearing Now everybody, wearing now every retail restocks. I'm selling Doc. There you right. go. What are Same you doing with, with the Alpha store?
2: Uh, What are you doing with the clothing? line? Is it going to be brick and mortar? Is it going to be online? It's going to be. Uh, you never I'm going, said I'm 20,
1: going with a hybrid business model. So it's going to be available in brick and mortar, but it's also going to be available direct to consumer online okay. um you see i'm this is a like a work in progress uh model where is the sampling that i got done is impeccable so the the quality of the samples we received is Dope. on point like we rarely see Dope. um we're we're going in the production right now so we're hoping the production comes out the same way as the sample yeah done because done. you know
0: how that goes so well there China. you go
1: so once i get that i'll feel comfortable or i'll be disappointed i'll adjust accordingly Perfect. so you got some time. My first run that's coming in is is a hefty run for the size of brand we are, but it's not like you know billions of dollars of product. So we're gonna manage it accordingly. Yeah. And then I'm gonna build the business up. It's a 20 year plan split out in four segments of five years. Each five year segment is split into two two years, three years, and every every segment when you jump every five years, the first two years of that segment is learning to to. Cater and and understand that customer in that bracket, and the three following years are capitalizing on it. Mm. So it's it's basically you know stepping up, stepping up, stepping up, but in an intelligent phase because there's always a, a an area when you're well always in in what I've seen and when I speak to people that are in business and and have done you know some development, there's always a gray area where when you go to the next step. The beginning of that step isn't very profitable because when you go from let's say a hundred thousand dollars in sales to a million you have to pony up more money you need more space you need mm-hmm. you know more employees Adjustments. but you're not necessarily selling enough to cover those costs so you have to get into that bracket get the comfort zone mm-hmm. trim it down control it and then exploit gotcha. it so that's you know how i i see the plan going up and well, uh, don't get me wrong i'm aiming for a billion But if I sell a few million and it's profitable, hey, kudos, man! And and
0: and it's a fun project, and it's something you're passionate about, something I've always been passionate about. And salute to you because I have two examples that come to mind. Number one, the most iconic brand of all time, Ralph Lauren. Yeah, man. Same business model, wide range, very you know it hits the middle, that mid market Mm -hmm. between high fashion and one notch from gap mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's where he won mm-hmm. and became the most iconic mm-hmm. and there's no such thing as polo being played out ever never and never number 2 in the business model who's getting set to be the next biggest in the zara h&m space uniqlo yeah i didn't I, functional like, yeah techie, I, I didn't know uniqlo smart. uh
1: two 3 years ago i had no idea who these guys were and i went to the states and uh visited their store it's it's Tootie who had spoken to me we about just
0: had jojo flores and Tootie on I heard, together. i
1: heard so Tootie had talked to me about this line i had no idea and then you know next thing you know you know i, I pop into one of their stores amazing con massive they, man ridiculous uh but in an area that i don't really want to get into it's no like but more what i fast mean fashion slash but, heavy rotation but it's
0: functional and tech yeah at yeah the same don't get me time. wrong don't yeah. get me wrong as i said great a product. little more hip, the stores, a little more gq and,
1: and and their stores are very, like the ones I visited are, are very uh, technical, S- yeah, you know, smart, like uh, smartly. So exactly. Um, so I, I, I understand the concept. I appreciate it, but I wouldn't want to be it. That's not no, what I If I was tomorrow morning, I could, I could uh, you know, decide what this brand would be 20 years from now. It would be a Polo without the suits. Of course. All the, like, the suits. Without and ties. the town and country exactly. and the whole. Like everything that has to do with like the, the preppy, uh, vibe, sporty vibe. I'm in, man. Like
0: the, the, from the architecture, beautiful, beautiful to the, to, the to to the clothing. A, a, you know, you A-grade got my for me. full support, my brother, and I definitely want to continue building uh, more on this project. We'll wear it on the show. You tell us when, man. Yeah, cool. <laughs> very <laughs> You guys will get some packages. Don't <laughs> very <you go>. interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Phil, thank you so much for coming, my brother. Pleasure. Um, you're a thank wealth you. of thank knowledge, you. a Pleasure. true OG in the game.
1: Uh, as I said, I have Pleasure. a gift for you. It's nothing major
0: okay okay i was i also i also uh
1: i also had uh wow wow this this is the flyer (laughs) that signed by me and guru exactly Wow. So it's nothing big i just i had a few copies
0: that's amazing and uh, you.
1: yeah i was i was going through some records i was digging a few weeks ago and um I I i stumbled upon these flyers literally Probably in the crate, like in that in that section of records that I haven't I you know, I got so many records that I hadn't really used in a long time. That's so dope. And man. this popped up and I Thank knew you I was,
2: so I,
0: much. I, I'd seen the show. I was getting like, you so emotional. Much, I could man. see it. Thank you, man. <laughs> wow. Here. So, I don't know if you could see it on the camera. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Beautiful. With the
0: dope frame. This is going right up in my studio, my brother. All good, I brother. really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming, man. Thank All you good, so G. much. Thank you once again it's that time we're signing out this is the moment of truth podcast your boy bless let me know to the left and of course the infamous phil grise empire's own usg usg dropping 2020 keep a close eye on that thank you so much again for being here it's a pleasure anytime